correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Eberron Renewed, an actual play 5th edition D&D podcast where friends play pretend and uh, one of them, one of the friends tries to kill the other three. Um, <laughs> my name's Jeff. I'm Eric. And today we're going to be doing another episode of Eberron Reviewed. And oh boy, <laughs> I think I think we started recording this arc uh, during the Carter administration. <laughs> so we've got a lot to talk about. Um We'll just dive in. So um, the whole arc began, God, it was in November. It was <laughs> back when I still had hope. Um, so the arc begins uh, right after Beric is revived and Theradak disappears and uh, Eladrin, correct? Yep. Uh, has, has died. Um, we... Do- and we get a new party member in the form of Booyah. Well, I, was, I was getting there. Okay. So yeah, bo- Booyah gr- Griggles, Griggle, Booyah Griggle, not Booyah Griggle'sworth, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Figglesworth. Uh, so and 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 we and we gain a partner. Uh, so we chat for a while and um, ultimately uh, decide to try to escape. Uh, Drakir, uh, Philip inexplicably decides <laughs> to continue playing two characters, and Drakir leaves with us. Um, and the first major thing that happens is okay actually the first major thing that happens that ends up mattering is we find out that booyah has this bag uh yep so that's is that your creation is that something you came up with no i I found a a rollable table on the internet for kind of a a random bag of holding it was an idea that i had of having this bag of holding that quote unquote always pulls out something useful but actually have it be randomized and having to try and come up with a reason why it would be useful in that situation. And so, yeah, it was just a, a fun idea I had. I ran it by Randy and he seemed to really enjoy it. And then I found that table to realize my dream. Tell me more about this internet. <laughs> well, it's a series of two. <laughs> okay. D- d- um, dumb, dumb, stupid jokes. Um, yeah. So, okay. So we found out about the bag and the first thing he pulls out is something dealing with daylight. And we're all like, no, 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 no. Basically a light grenade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, and then we get in a fight with some elementals um, and acquit ourselves well. And that's the first time we come across the new crit yes. function that you yes. gave us. I just listed like two, the first two episodes last night. So they're going to be very detailed. <laughs> and then it's just going to trail off to be like, and what's the one guy, the little one, what's his name? Um, yeah, I I have played a lot of fantasy flight games, Star Wars uh, role playing game and really enjoy that functionality of introducing new and exciting elements to a scenario when you crit. And honestly, I, I think I'm going to expand it moving forward to being anytime you roll a 20 on a check on a oh, saving yeah? throw, allowing you to introduce something cool or do something cool. Just the idea in my head is like, if there's a fireball and uh, Barrick and Booyah fail their saving throws, but Dex rolls a 20, you can, in fiction, say that you grab them and dive out of the way with them or something okay. something like that, just to introduce that more cinematic feel to the campaign. Okay, cool. And the other thing, 
I, I like it. It terrifies me. I haven't rolled a crit since it, <laughs> since it happened, uh, which is, whoa. In nine episodes, <laughs> 10 episodes, I haven't rolled a crit on a hit. Uh, anyway, uh, it, it, it's cool because it gives us more agency in the fight. Yeah. Um, it sucks because being creative on the fly, I don't know if you the listeners have noticed, I'm not good at it. <laughs> uh, so, um, and you did say in a later episode, but you said if, let's say I roll uh, a one, and so we get their triumphs and despairs. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. yeah. And so we get a despair. Uh, then I would effect. introduce something. Right. You would introduce the bad thing. But then if, let's say, the next roll, Drakir, or he's gone now, uh, Barrick rolls a 20, he can't say his triumph is to offset. Like, yeah. Yeah. Once that's just kind of boring. Right. Once it's happened, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we fight the elemental, and I'm pretty sure it was the first episode. Uh, right, right after this, um, Dex makes a statement. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, an uninformed statement that he is willing to. Because my understanding the whole time was uh, that lycanthropy requires like it's a quest to get rid of. You have to yeah. find the components. You have to find a caster strong enough. Uh, blah blah blah. So I'm like, or Dex is like, uh, you know, yeah, sure, we can. We can go looking for it, you know. Yeah. I'll still have it for a while. I can mm-hmm. still be uh, effective in these fights. But we can go looking for this cure. And I, you can't tell in when on the listen back. There's one point right after I say it where my voice is quiet. It's because I was walking out of the room. Um, my son was here while we were recording. I was going to check on him. And while I was out of the room is when you guys said remove curse. Yeah. So when I came and sat back down, I did not know. Yeah. Uh, I had, because Barry had not had that, or Philip had not rolled that spell with his previous level up. Mm-mm. So I didn't know that this was coming. And so when he says that he can do it right now, that was Jeff's genuine reaction to be like, Oh crap. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so that happened. He's not a bear anymore. Um, and he well, also- and, and kind of the, the reason listening back through the episodes, like the Druids talk about there needing to be this long list of components to do it. Um, I think I at one point said it would be kind of a quest to undo this, but something that I think gets lost in D and D, especially in Eberron, uh, the, the setting is set up in such a way to where by the time you hit level three as a character, Mm -hmm. there's very few people in the world that exist at your power level. Sure. Um, and so the fact that Barrick is now a level six spellcaster, I mean, he could probably stumble into most villages and be regarded as a deity with his power level and what he's capable of doing. Sure. And so I didn't do a good job of kind of conveying the power that he was using to remove the curse. And that that's why like the lycanthropic purge that we've referenced on the show happened is because nobody in the church of the silver flame, unless they are an X number of levels, cleric mm-hmm. can cast remove curse. So they have to go out and deal with it in other means. Um, but like I said, on the Facebook group, for those of you over there looking, uh, and Jeff and I've had some conversations about the, the lycanthropy stuff isn't completely gone. There's still repercussions coming. There's still, Oh, great. Great. Cool. Um, just because I, I tend to agree with some of the people that said that that seemed a little lackluster. Um, but at the same time, the lycanthropic arc, I, I do see some of the finality of it in it being the reason that Barrick died and, and all this stuff. So. Uh, but there's there's still something in the works. So, um, yeah, and that's something that I forget when we're playing or when I'm listening to other D and D podcasts or two that I 
listen to regularly, um, <clears throat> and I know you listen to some others as well, is that we the the player characters are a special case. There's not this isn't a world full of roving adventurers uh, who are of this power level. Yeah, like you you don't think that because that's who you spend all your time with mm-hmm. is these people, and you you know, but yeah, I, I forget that. 99% of the world of Eberron is carpenters and blacksmiths and, and janitors. Yeah. Like, the, the whole concept of Eberron is low-level magic is very widespread. So like those cantrips, maybe mm-hmm. a few first-level spells. I would say the majority of the population have access to that. But once you start getting the second and third-level spells, it you're starting to get more specialized and rare. And then by the time you hit fourth and fifth-level spells, you're, yeah, you're regarded as something truly special. So. Okay. Uh, Dex isn't because he doesn't do spells. <laughs> <laughs> you cast stuff from your from your ribbon. I got I got the one thing that's true, and it's a and it's powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I have two now: the ice knife, yeah, light knife. Okay, what? There is no way that we could have held our own against five T Rexes. Oh right? no, no, it, that's why I never set it up as a combat. It was a chase sequence. Like you all were meant to run through the jungle away from the T Rexes. It just resolved a lot quicker than what I intended. But what if we? What if we beefed it? What if, I mean, what could have happened? That's the beauty of D&D is oh, we would have had to God. have found out. Um, and I mean, I, we say you all couldn't have taken on five T-Rexes. I, I continue to marvel. I at- guess that's true. You, you, you've <laughs> thrown stuff at us that we weren't supposed to beat before. Yeah. Um, sucker. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, and we saw the, the, the green claw, the emerald claw. Yep. <laughs> yep. See, this isn't a character choice where Dex <laughs> Dex isn't uh reverent enough to remember these things. I'm dumb and I can't remember any of these people's names. I can't remember Emerald Claw. I just remember you said they had green hands and I'm like, oh, you know, green hand people. The, the, the green hand folk. Yeah. Um so yeah, uh so we see them but we get to the ruins and um it was pretty clear to us that they are not abandoned like yeah. Uh, I think I think Booyah did a survival check and like there were, you know, giant footprints yeah. all over and everything. Uh, we duck into the first room we find and you spin this yarn. It could be true. Uh, is true because you're the DM. So you said it. It's true. <laughs> but about how giants will sometimes disguise the. Yeah. Like they'll make something look mundane. It's actually a passageway. So we spent a lot of time like knocking <laughs> on walls and checking for doors and yeah, to no avail. Um. And we, so we go through, we see a sleeping giant and that bag. Oh yeah. Booyah reaches in his bag and he pulls out a giant sized tent. Yep. That says, do not enter devourer. And all of a sudden, all of us are like these harebrained schemes of like, well, (laughs) if we started his feet, we can probably get most of them devoured (laughs) before, (laughs) before he, uh, before he wakes up. Yep. Um, instead we just decide I steal the keys. Um, Rolled some good checks, got lucky uh, on some good checks to get the keys, get in the door. And um, once we're inside, we find Orgev. Yes. Uh, and he tells us about how he and Barasha were here. Um, and Barasha has been taken elsewhere. Um, <laughs> then we have the most buckwild giant fight. <laughs> they come in <clears throat> and they see the tent. So immediately, because <laughs> well, we had set it up in the, uh, in the way. Um, so immediately we're boned. Yeah. Uh, and throughout the course of it, things that happen, 
Booyah runs away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drakir and D- D- Beric both get thrown against, like, just slammed against walls. Um, and the tent eats a giant. <laughs> Booyah climbs up the giant and just top down, like, like, like with the, that Muppet that eats other Muppets. <laughs> just, yep. and, and he was gone. And I, um, my ribbon weave gets caught and I get dragged around like a ragdoll. Like it was yep. a dumb fight. Like it was fun to listen to again last night. And then we used the stupid tent to clean up the other dead giant. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, it sounds so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But it worked. It worked. It was fun. And then is the next thing we see the, uh, trying to think the next thing that happens is we go, you, you try to get through the door. With oh, the right. Shackles. The door. And I, okay. The shackles thing was fun. Uh, I, I maintain that when I shrunk down, I should have been able to slide my hand out of the shackle. Well, it's not a nor, it's not a mundane shackle. Like, well, but it can't have all eventualities built into it. <laughs> it can't know. But what if they shrink? We better make they shrink too. I think that, I think that I, I, I pulled one up. Uh, a good one over and you just you just my my fiction was that it, it maintains <laughs> contact with the skin your so true skin okay all right because because you know there are spells like enlarge and um sure i don't i forget the name of the spell that's the opposite of enlarge d enlarge d enlarge d large um so i mean i feel like those eventualities <laughs> enlarge and unlarge <laughs> um those eventualities would have built into it of Oh, the shackles around me. I'm just going to make myself giant and bust through it. So. Yeah, all right. Um, and then we do eventually figure out that in order to get through the door, either a giant has to touch the giant hand or an elf has to touch the elf hand. Barrick uh, touches it. It realizes he has to cut his hand and do blood. And we get through the other side. And I made some great jokes about the back <laughs> of that door that I was very proud of. And you guys just looked at me like I was an idiot. But there's not a lot of times where you get to say elf butts and giant butts <laughs> in this game. And I'm going to take advantage of them when they come. Uh, but, uh, and so what we see when we get down, we go down the, the, the tunnel. And, uh, and this whole time we've been enveloped in... Okay, so explain to me, because I'm, I'm listening back. We weren't actually hidden hidden it was just it was kind of like a we couldn't be noticed yeah like you you weren't leaving pass without a trace mm-hmm. is what booyah had cast and the way i kind of view it is it it prevents you all from leaving footprints masks your smell to a certain extent mm-hmm. like if um, we do something to draw attention to ourselves we're going to be seen yeah because if you're just standing out in the middle of a field obviously something can see you it just gives you a bonus to uh Stealth rolls. So if you're actively trying to hide, it is right. far easier to do that. Okay. Um, so yeah, gotcha. Like we, there would we were basically immune from being caught out of the corner of somebody's eye. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Essentially. All right. Uh, that, see, when we first started playing, I it, it wasn't until the giant fight that I glommed onto that. I yeah. thought we were basically covered in shadow. Yeah, yeah something. If not covered in shadow, like just re- rendered invisible to anybody but other people in yeah. the party. Or inside the thirty feet uh, area, um, but so so we stumble upon. Not stumble upon. We walk up upon a an execution. Yep. Uh, and I think I read. I think I I, I got this right. The usurper, Sinistret. Sinistret. Yes. Um, I mean, it was it was just a coup, right? There wasn't anything really like the former giant leader was. 
usurped. I mean, yeah, I mean, the I, I have my notes right here, so I can tell you the exact. Um, so jumping ahead in the arc with Lucan Osteroth being the vampire that lives underneath the giant ruins, right? And um, is the actual controller of all of this, like he's the yeah. So Sinistra was basically Lucan's proxy, um, to to assume control because Kenemun Hagsbane, which was the leader of the giants you saw get executed, was right antagonistic towards him because of his profane nature. So gotcha. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then, so we, the execution happens, everybody kind of dis, uh, dissipates back to whatever, <laughs> they, well, you know, when you say dissipates in a D and D setting, <laughs> uh, they didn't actually do that. Yeah. The crowd dispersed. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> into, uh, in back to wherever they, from whence they came. And we decide that we're going to follow the body because mm-hmm. we assume one of two things, either it's going to lead us to a burial ground or a, a tomb, uh, something where we might find the stones we're looking for. Yep. Or alternatively, they're going to take it to the same place they're holding Arasha. Mm-hmm. Uh, either one, good for us. So we follow it. Uh, and then is that when we see the dogs? Like we're walking down the yeah. hall and we see these. Okay. And, and they are elemental Dogs, fire, fire dogs. Yep. Yeah. Not, and I think I clarified this at one point. They're not dogs on fire. <laughs> no, they're dogs made of fire. Right. Yeah. Like how? Well, when I say on fire, I mean the same way that the the giant's hair. Yeah. Is of fire, but these are actual. Just they are made of fire. Yeah. Right. Which is baller. Um, <laughs> we hide from them behind a door. They are dogs, so they scratch at the door like dogs do. They know there's something on the other side that they want. I think this is where I stopped with this. Is where I haven't gotten to uh, the, the remainder of the episodes is from this. If I'm not mistaken, it, it rectifies itself by Barrick throwing some dried meat yep. down <laughs> under the hole in the door or under the crack in the door. And, and they, they run off. Yep. Um, and we keep going. We see, okay. Explain the significance of the headless statue. It just seemed like a, was it going to go somewhere? We didn't pursue it. Yeah. Okay. Basically like if, if that was something that you all grabbed onto and returned up through the giant ruins, there would have been a storyline of vengeance and things like that. But you all didn't follow that story thread and that's right. fine. But yeah, that's just something that was introduced that probably will never be resolved. Sure. So. Um, but what we end up doing is smartly, rare in a rare moment of clarity for our party we decide not to just walk through the next door um <laughs> and the darkness right that's the yep. next thing yeah so um luckily we have two characters that have superior dark vision two i thought just trickier Derek has a devil's eye thing okay yep. um i guess it's not superior dark vision he has a an invocation that allows him to see through magical darkness yeah um so, and I can't see Jack nothing anyway. <laughs> if it's, if the, if, if, if the lantern goes out, Dex is blind. Dex yeah. is useless. Uh, in the so many, of being a human in so many ways, Dex is, you know, and we, we, I said that I was like, am I, is are changing in human, the only races that don't have dark vision. Well, the other campaign that I'm playing my online campaign, I, ch- I decided to be a dragonborn. I thought, this will be fun. I'll be a dragonborn. Also no dark vision. Oh. I'm the only one in the party without dark vision <laughs> in that one as well. And I'm the ranger guide. So it's like, well guys, I rolled a good survival <laughs> check, but also the sun's going down. So, so good night. Uh, yeah, we're playing two of annihilation. Nice. Um, and, uh, so we, uh, 
we figure the only way he's in there, he's ready. And as far as we know, he can see through his dark vision. Yeah. Through his magical darkness. We don't know for sure, but why would he have cast that if he was also going to be blind? So um, we said the only way that we can handle it is for me to use uh, the daylight spell that my ribbon weave casts to dispel it. And um, we, you know, Drakir takes the precautions he needs and we light him up. And inside is Sinisret and his two dogs. Yep. And if I'm not mistaken, the very first thing that happens, right? Booyah banishes a dog. Booyah banishes a dog. Yep. And that was great. Okay. (laughs) And then Barrick rolls a 23 and it's a miss. And you say end of episode. And so we spent 30 minutes just like, well, (laughs) well, crap. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So explain that. Obviously. Uh, when the other dog goes, I think we were hitting him with like 18s at that point. Yeah. So explain that. Is that a, is that a, is that a, is that a elemental thing? Is that a ward thing? Is that That's a, something I made you up. cooked up? Okay. Yeah. Um, where with both dogs present, his AC was 38 Jeez. with one dog present. His AC was 28 and with no dogs present, his AC was 18. So I don't think, I think, I think Booyah would be the only one able to hit him with one dog. Yeah. Even if I, well, I guess if I crit, I get to hit him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter the modifiers, but a 20 for me, I, I think 25, my modifiers plus five. So, I mean, it would have been impossible yeah, to, yeah. to even touch him if both dogs were still there. Yeah. Um, and man, he dealt some damage. The first time he hit me and you picked up, what was it 60, 68? Something like that. Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, it, because and you made mention when I think Booyah took out the second dog too, mm-hmm. um, and you said that the aura around him dissipated. See, dissipate, and uh, <laughs> correct use of the word, right? And so we started being able to hit him. He he got a critical fumble, and we got a critical success, which helped a lot. Yeah. Um, well, he got a crit too because he or somebody fumbled. I don't remember, but he smashed the floor and lava. Oh no, he crit on me. Okay, yeah, that's right, he did, yeah. and I I would have been screwed if i hadn't had that uncanny dodge yeah and i ended up is it taking 23 points of damage i took 11 yeah um is that math right yeah um yeah uh i took 11 um otherwise i think i would have died i would have been unconscious been, been gone to zero not with that hit but with the next one yeah um but uh yeah so was that in your plan from the beginning the lava thing no a, that was just something that just i kind of came up with on the fly okay um you know, that's kind of the thing with that whole crit system is you think, well, yeah, it's a fire giant temple. Why wouldn't there be lava underneath it? So, right. Okay. Sure. How, and how can I most quickly and efficiently kill the party? <laughs> um, but yeah, so we end up getting the best of him um, and his sword. Yeah, we The sword and there's the mural yep. that we see. Uh, the sword I notice has markings like my ribbon weave yep and is even missing a stone where a stone should be where my ribbon weave stone is mm-hmm. um the sword resizes because barrett grabs it i believe and so um and he's you know looking over it okay and then the mural and this is actually this is where i stopped listening i was listening to this on the way over here okay the mural causes booyah because he pulls because out of, of the back. scroll right of the scroll of languages the mural causes booyah to have visions 
that basically set up the rest of this arc, honestly. I yeah. mean, um, and I'm, I, I'm going to conflate them with the visions from the five, okay. Yeah. The five cove hallway. So if you want to talk about the Booyah visions, just real briefly, uh, cause I, I know there's stuff in there that we'll want to unpack. Um, Um, so there was the vision of the elves standing in a circle with the red stones, um, mm-hmm. similar to those which Barrick has been searching for. Um, then there was a vision of, and it's been a while since I've listened to this episode, so forgive me. Um, right, it's queued up. I can just hit play on my phone. <laughs> um, there's the vision of one elf passing off their stone to another elf. Mm-hmm. Um, there's passing of a necklace that seems to be made out of the similar material of Barrick's sword to a dragon. Um, there, I think the vision of Barrick Eladrin passing his gift onto Barrick's mother was in there as well, if okay. I'm remembering correctly. And I think those are the big ones. Uh, forgive me. Oh, and the young girl being turned into stone in That's the streets right. of rain. And, <clears throat> and the mural itself was of a giant, was it a giant handing a sword to an elf or an elf handing a sword to a giant? Or they just both had their hands on a sword. They both had their hands on a sword. Okay. Okay. Um, and and <laughs> and that's where I've stopped listening uh, today. So now we're really just uh, flying by the seat of our pants. Uh, yeah. Episode. Uh, we keep descending, right? Yeah. It's just down further, further down, and this is where the hall with the five alcoves. Yes. And the torches, five torches above. Um, Man, this was a fun thing Thank you. that you cooked up. Uh, so the, the the premise of it is every time one of us interacted with a button, we, we found through various different means, mm-hmm. I think one was an investigation check on my part, and then when Drakir did Sense Magic, like I noticed there was a button. Drakir did Sense Magic and noticed there was more magic on that button, yeah. so we were able to find the buttons yeah. through those two means at all of them. Um, and so each of them had a mural. And each of them had an object of some sort. So the first one, uh, the first mural was the 13 elves in a circle. And there was portraits of Osteroth on either side. On either yeah. side. Um, the second one was portrait of, or a mural of, um, was that the cave? No. The, I, I, it was the suits of armor were the objects. I remember that. Yeah, it was um, the elf um handing the gift to the giant like, okay yeah that's right the third one the objects were trees and that's when the that that was the cave that was the cave uh the fourth one the object th- this was the one with the little girl and the doll yeah with the elf sneaking up on the sleeping giant mm-hmm. um and there the the dead trees were the object for the cave one right um and then yeah, the there was no object on the final on one. the fourth one. The doll oh, appears. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the fifth one was the elves in the circle. Um, but so each one of those had a hot spot that we pushed, yep. and as soon as we pushed it, we were zapped into the consciousness of an ancient drow. Yep. Um, well, actually, at first they weren't. Yeah. drow. They yeah. were just elves. Um, and a, a bunch of questions. Uh, <laughs> you had us make a decision. 
yep. in each of them. And you marked down something. I mean, mm -hmm. I can't see behind your screen uh, as much as I try. <laughs> uh, you marked down something each time we answered. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing it was just some sort of thumbs up, thumbs down system. Yeah, a, a binary good and evil sounds too extreme. But yeah. Right. Um, uh, yeah. Because and, and, like the first one you said, well, we were asked by the, the Silver Flame. Or well, just the entity. The there. entity, yeah. yeah. Uh, we were asked, what would you do with this power? And Drakir said he would he would kill the, the masters. Yeah. And I said we would free ourselves from slavery. Mm -hmm. And then the other three all said something about free my people, free yeah. my family, something like that. And so since mine was more self-focused and Drakir's was just straight-up vengeance-focused, when the, when the powers were passed out, they got... What looked something radiant looking, mm -hmm. and we got something shadowy, shadowy looking. How did that affect each of those? Okay, each of those decisions. There was mm -hmm. that one. There was the do we hand the sword off to the giant? And I think we all did. Mm -hmm. There was the how do we free the slaves? Yeah. Um, which uh, I think three of them or two of them, um, said they would just be sneaky and free them. Yeah. And Dex and Drakir again, both said kill, kill and Giant. free. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then the last one was stay and fight or run and hide. I mean, that was out of order. Yeah. Um, a little bit out of order, but yeah, that but, was... but so for each of those, there was an, an answer that led one way and an answer that led another way. What were the effects of those? I, so obviously I, the final puzzle of all the elves on the door antagonistic towards each other. Right. You all had to line up based on where your elf was standing. Um, but then in the actual fight with Lucan, um, those of you that aligned more closely with him, which would have been the darker. And I choices. actually was him in the, in the yeah. visions. Yeah. Um, or was seeing through his eyes or it's hard to explain cause we did have agency. Yeah. Um, did now, did what we did, if I, having been Lucan or, or, or controlling Lucan, seeing through his eyes, whatever, um, if I had made more benevolent decisions, would that have changed the path of, of Lucan? That, that would have changed how he justified his actions. Um, so I did, as Lucan in the visions, affect change that rippled throughout the history. Well, no, you were, okay. you were, informing, you were informing the history of the world, essentially. Your choices, like I was giving you all as players agency over the truth of Eberron. But Lucan, you weren't changing his Lucan's actions, regardless of what I had said, Lucan would have always become this vampire yes. and lived this life and, and yes. ate this dragon. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, um, so, but, but okay, but you said it did have something to do with the, the Lucan fight. Those of you that, so Drakir and Dex were actually being dealt less damage than. Barak, Booyah, and Orgev would would have taken. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Um, I like how you pretend Orgev, Orgev did anything at any point. He, he did. He shot a longbow one time. He did shoot a longbow one time. And, the, and he shot it. He's the one that shot the portrait first, yep. right? And I thank you for doing that because I, I mean, I was first in the initiative order. And I was like, I hold. I don't know what the hell to do. Yeah. There's, there's pictures on a wall. Yeah. And like, I understand we're in a magical fantasy world, but <laughs> there's pictures on a wall. Yeah. Um, um, so that, that was the, and I, I should have better done a better job of kind of evoking that through uh -huh. the fight, but well, that was the, that was the only thing. The rest yeah. of it was, uh, and we'll get back to the fights, uh, that fight. Um, 
so first was the pictures and Booyah gets thrown up on the ceiling and mm-hmm. and like Dex's Dex's reaction was Jeff's reaction. Like, I don't have a clue yeah. what to do. There's I I guess I could jump up and try to pull him down. <laughs> I don't know. Um and so we just moved on. Yeah. To the second you just one. Just ran to the next alcove. Ran to the next alcove, pushed the button, had another vision, and that's when we realized, okay, one at a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no more of this. Because we had to start fighting the suits of armor mm-hmm. while Booyah yeah. was still up on the ceiling and because the portrait was still active, he was able to do the iron crown. Yep. On Barrick. which I thought initially when that first happened, that it was just a punishment, but listening back to it, was he controlling Barrick? Yeah. Okay. So that's, it wasn't the crown was a thing for, I mean, it, it did hurt him. Yeah. But it was a mind control mm-hmm. effect. Yeah. Uh, because he did attack, right? He attacked. Yeah, he attacked somebody. I can't recall who. But I, I can't either. This was like early December, guys. Give us a break. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, man. So much has happened since we put these episodes. Um, but yeah, so, but we do end up, Orgev hits the picture and Booyah drops and shoots the crossbow and picture's done. Yep. Um, and then, and we take out the, um, the suits of armor. The suits of armor. The vision for that one, what we already said, uh, touched on, was basically there was a great evil, uh, and we had to decide whether we were going to keep our new super powerful weapons or give them to more powerful people. Give them to the giants, yeah. And we all gave. Yep. Because, and again, with, boy, Dex and Drakir had some, like, with similar justifications, was like, oh, I can get it back. Yeah. Like, if I need to, I will sneak in in the night, because Drakir's slippery and Dex is sneaky i mean he's yeah he's, he, i don't do a lot of roguey things i really don't no but i have that skill set yeah like they just don't like the one thing for instance that i really could have rogued around on was sneaking around the giant's ruin but booyah has this thing well yeah that we can all do because and so why not it's hard with you being a rogue because yeah your your skill set obviously lends itself to stealthiness and I mean, you did pick pick the lock. Um, I did. But you have Booyah with his Pass Without a Trace ability, which gives everybody amazing stealth scores. And then you have Barrick, who can literally become one with the shadows. Right. And so that kind of, I don't know, blocks you off a bit from really shining with that particular part of being a rogue. Right. And I, and, and I, and I wasn't a, like, I, I did a charisma build. Yeah. And we just haven't had a lot of opportunities lately. Yeah. You know, like the one, the one time that we really could have done, I could have used that. It was better for Barrick to talk. Yeah. Because he spoke giant, mm-hmm. knew the giant history. Like I did a lot in the beginning. Yeah. Talking with, you know, uh, uh, Ferris and Julian mm-hmm. and their parents, Marcus and Adar. See, I remember these names somehow. Uh, cause I read the wiki. <laughs> Thank you. Ever on a crude wiki. The, yeah. Uh, Real quick, middle of the episode, why not? Uh, he's mentioned it once before on the on the latest episode, but I want to thank uh, Laura, and I probably will mispronounce your last name, I apologize, but Laura Picron is how I'm going for it, uh, for starting the wiki. Uh, it's really cool uh, that you did that. I hope other people take up the mantle and help you out because it is an undertaking. Yeah. Um, but but thanks. It's, it's, it's neat, and it really... That's the only reason I remember Marcus and Adar because I was looking at the wiki and it had NPCs and I was like, who the hell is Marcus? I had the same thing. I was looking at the list of NPCs from that arc and I was like, who is Marcus and Adar? I have no idea. 
So thank you, Laura. Uh, anyway, um, so, but enough of that. Uh, rogue, rogue talk. Um, we go to the third one. It is the, the trees. The trees come to life. And we, uh, and that was, a, that got scary for a second. Yeah. I mean, my ribbon we've got taken. Um, Barrick got taken. Well, we, we glossed over a really, I think, watershed moment in this arc um, after the giant fight was the decision to not rest, <sighs> to press on. You know, and that's, and I, like, I, that's what I was just listening to. And we say, do you guys want to take, and here's the thing. I got here before I heard why we decided not to. Because there's like, do you guys want to take a rest? Do we want to look at this mural and then take a rest? Do we want to go back to the slave quarters? What at the time we thought was slave quarters where they can't possibly get in and take a rest. And we were all like, yeah, yeah. And then what didn't, what, what shifted was Orgev chiming up about reminding you that, Hey, my best friend is like prisoner and I don't know where he is. And so if we could press on, yeah, that hey, would be great. Hey, my best friend, me, myself <laughs> has three hit points. Yeah. I'd like to digress. No, that is what it was. You're right. Um, Boy, that was dumb. <laughs> for for a major reason, we'll get to in a minute. Too. Yeah, and it, it, that was the darkness that the giant had cast was to make me by cast. design to get rid of daylight. Nah, um, <laughs> we should. I should have let because I think Jerkir said he could dispel. Because those of you, li- I, we'll, I think we'll, it's okay. We'll yeah, get yeah. there. We'll get there. Um, uh, third one trees. And uh, Rivenweave gets sucked into the tree. Uh, Barrick gets sucked into the tree. Uh, I think I end up getting my own my Rivenweave out myself, and maybe Barrick too with the rapier. I think I think you cut up the roots enough to get Barrick out, and then we just kind of decide in fiction that well, if Barrick can get out, then surely the Rivenweave can be pulled out too. Sure. Um, anyway, we take the, take care of them. The next mural, <laughs> <laughs> silly. Uh, it's the thing, the little girl with the doll, and we have the vision um, about the slaves and whether or not to free, or how to free them or whatever. Uh, and this, you said, the doll jumps out of the painting and runs towards... Does a creepy voice of like, you didn't kill the bad man, you should have killed the bad man, going after Barrick and Booyah. Right, because we killed the bad man. Yes. Yeah, I think you actually, you always kill the bad man. Yeah. You always kill the bad man. It's good advice. Yeah. In, in D&D. <laughs> not in like, you know, life. Um, but uh, so so, Booyah just shoots him, just shoots him. And he falls dead because he's a doll. Did you even have a stat sheet for him? Oh yeah, points, I, I have a a pretty sizable stat sheet. That was a a DM decision moment of okay, they didn't take a long rest. They are on their last legs. They are about to have a boss fight, and I could kind of tell like you all were enjoying the hallway mm-hmm. setup, but by the time we hit the fourth one. I just kind of started to get a sense of fatigue and ready to to press on. And so I just decided to make it a a fun moment instead of another fight. Yeah, I think I think I don't think it was fatigue. I think it was routine. It was yeah. like we know the steps to and, get to the through the alcove. And so it was like, all right, we push the button. What happens? And unlike a lot of D&D games, we we do have time constraints on not only scheduling, but also the length of episodes and everything. Sure. And so that's sure. that's always cognizant in the, the back of my mind. So, yeah. Uh, the, um, I forget the name of the stat, but it's from the Curse of Strahd book. It's just a creepy doll, I think, called Mr. Pinklesworth or something. Oh, God. Um, that, yeah, is is a pretty potent magic user. Not devastating, but, um, yeah, just going to have you all fight a creepy doll. 
but instead it was just like yeah move along yeah it was very you all fought a creepy doll yeah it did happen well (laughs) booyah fought a creepy it, it, it was and it was funny you're like yeah. well he's a doll and you shot him in the head it's over <laughs> congratulations you you solved my stuffed animal puzzle uh and then we figure out i think you kind of had to lead us a little a little bit on standing on the sides of the doors uh oh and, and at some point we did discuss that we had just gotten different things yeah um as i think it was after the second vision before we hit the third button i was like you guys are seeing this too right yeah uh, and we realized that some of us got the light and some of us got the shadow. Um, and uh, and then, yeah, so we get on the door and the door's open. And what did we see? Barasha. We saw Barasha. And a- strapped to a table. And we saw three bad guys. Three vampires. Yes. Well, we didn't well, know, know that at that time. Yeah. I think we knew. No, you, the- you, I, the vampire reveal wasn't until the following episode. Okay. But we, but we did know it was a goblin. We were pretty sure a, a were creature of some sort. Yeah. And then another the guy. Yeah. It was just a drow. Yeah. Um, and just pulling pulling back the curtain a bit, we we finished that. Oh, no, no, no. This was all in one arc. The hallway <coughs> and the, the vampire fight were one play session. Never mind. As you were. Yeah. Yeah. We started the vampire fight. In the, um, because he says the thing about the um, the dragon blood being so fulfilling or being so potent or whatever. And that's when we knew at least knew that Lucan was a vampire. Uh, We didn't know about the other two until later. Um, But that's when we took a quick break for some reason. Somebody probably had a tinkle. Yeah. And Philip, Philip says, Oh, I don't know. And I said, Oh, Oh, I can cast, I can cast daylight. That's got to hurt a vampire. And Philip was like, I'm pretty sure it'll kill the vampire. And I said, awesome. And you said, you didn't take a rest, and I screamed a cuss word <laughs> that is on re- recording somewhere. Just yes. didn't make the cut. Yeah, um, and I I feel like that should have been because I try to remember as much as I can. Mm-hmm. But the the fact that I was able to very quickly inform you, like, nope, you used that spell at this time for this reason. Like, yeah, I feel like that should have tipped the hand that like that was intentional. Yeah, well, um, I just no, I was giving you credit for being smart <laughs> and remembering something, which you know. Egg on my face. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, okay. So had, would that, would that would be... not have killed the vampire. It, it does damage to the vampire. Right. And if the vampire, I think the, the stat sheet says if a vampire dies while in daylight, mm-hmm. they don't get their missed form thing. They're just done. They're done. Okay. So, but it could have, I mean, it also would have hurt Drakir, Drakir. but, and, and at the time we only, we only knew that one of them was a vampire, but yeah, we also knew he's a real strong, big, bad guy. He's got to be. Yeah. Uh, so I think I would have been willing to, I mean, I would have yelled like, you know, Drakir, close your eyes uh, <laughs> or something. But yeah, I mean, it, it would have happened. I yeah. would have, I would have done it. It would have been the first thing, the first thing that happened. Cause I tend to go that first. It made sense. Yeah. I, I, I tend to go first. And then, yeah, it would have been great. All three of them writhe in, writhe in pain. And so does Drakir, but he'll be fine. Um, but anyway, and so, um, we took out the goblin pretty quickly, right? Yeah, Clark. 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 Uh, for, for, for those of you that are fans of another certain D&D podcast, The Adventure <laughs> Zone, Clark, uh, Clark on that one. <laughs> different, different guy lasted a lot longer. Yeah. Still is. Or, that arc's over, so not, is not still. But, um, anyway, um, so Clark goes down pretty quick. Um, but before that, we had an hour and a half of discussion between and 
I don't, I don't ever. I sound frustrated when you and Philip do your things. It's a joke. I want yeah. the listeners to know I enjoy listening to Philip and Eric do their, their, their back and forth. Um, once it goes from a back and forth to a circle, that's when I'm ready to move <laughs> on. That does happen sometimes. And it did happen in this one. Like it yeah. got to, it was like, okay, this is obviously not going to resolve. Yeah. And also, and I was a part of that in the sense that Dex wasn't going to let Barrick sacrifice himself. Yeah. Um, you know, his, his whole thing was like, uh, it, 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 it's just the, the Barrick logic didn't make sense to, 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 to Jeff or Dex of, why don't you three take out those two and I'll be here with this one? It's like, yeah. why don't we four take out these three? You know? Well, and that, that was probably the first time role playing that like there was some genuine, like I, I managed to get in the head of Lucan because Barrick was coming from a, such a position of strength and like, okay, if you do things like give us all these things and we'll, uh-huh. we'll let you do. And I was just like, what? You just walked into my house. Like why, why are you the one making demands? Like yeah. I've made you an offer, take it or leave it. Like, right. Um, yeah, I mean, we didn't have the chit to make that. Yeah. Um, pretty sure I use that word, right? We're gonna pretend I did. <laughs> uh, but, and, and what I was going to say earlier is I never want to undercut when Philip wants to do a, a narrative thread Yeah, by p- punching a guy. Yeah. And that's why like, I kept saying like, can we fight now? Dex wants to fight as, as Dex, not yeah. Jeff saying can we fight now. Um, because I, I I needed it to be known that Dex has given up on diplomacy, mm-hmm. but I wasn't. And occasionally I might like Dex would probably occasionally, and I yeah. I, I probably have in the past like Barracks trying to talk somebody into something, and Dex just you know goes for it. Yeah, uh, but I didn't want to this time because I I really felt like both Philip and Barrick were having a good character moment for Barrick of yeah. being like, you know, I've already died. Yeah. Let's 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 tango, um, but then when Bear when Philip finally says Bear cast Moonbeam on the werewolf, I was just like, yes, here we go, <laughs> it is on. Uh, and what a cool spell that is for a. <laughs> how about this though, little shit? He could have cast Moonbeam on on Dex if Dex was starting he's, to turn. He's had that spell for a very long time. He could have. He could have cast not not prior to the 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 fight where we, I turned. I can't remember if he had it then. Because it does a lot of damage. That's the... Sure. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. But what I'm saying is... Now, does it only do damage to lycanthropes? Does it only affect lycanthropes? Yeah. So what he... I think. He, 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 his whole thing was, what if I can't get to you? What if you turn and I can't touch you because you're already a bear? Well, cast Moonbeam, Dillweed. Come up <laughs> come up and lay hands. Yeah. What up? I'm, I'm 99% sure he had that ability when he was having that conversation with you. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> Philip and I are gonna have a talk. <laughs> You're fired, Philip. We're gonna replace you with. We're gonna Skype in Trevor Maston. <laughs> um, <laughs> the crowd just rejoiced when I said that. By the way, we're not really going to. We'd love to play with him again, but um, no, again, not not the, the concept of getting rid of Philip. I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> not because Philip would be gone, because they really like Trevor. I mean, I like Trevor. I hung out with him yeah. the other day. Um, but yeah, so the Moonbeam thing is cool, and so the fight kicks off. You take care of Clark. Um, I got, did I get bitten? I almost got bitten. Um, yeah, you almost got bit. Yeah. He grappled you, but he couldn't quite sink his fangs. In. And the thing is, this is not a Dracula vampire situation no. where getting bitten turns you into a vampire. Yeah. It would have had to, I, I would have had to have been killed 
had my blood taken by the vampire at some point, and then they're like buried and resurrected, and there's a whole thing. So there yeah. was no real danger of if you die from a vampire's bite and you're buried in the ground at the place that you were bitten. 24 hours later, you will rise from the grave as a vampire. Okay. So there was no real imminent danger of any of us turning at that point. Um, Still not fun. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, because vampire bites, I assume, hurt. Yeah. But, um, and are very nourishing to the vampire doing the bite. Right. Silver Rain, right? Was the... No, Lucan was the one that grabbed him. No, no, sorry. Silver Rain was the werebear. Yeah. And you said it was a bear, right? Yeah, a werebear vampire. Werebear vampire. That's a, that's a combo. That's two great tastes that taste great together. Yep. Um, well, a werebear vampire spawn. So he did, he didn't have quite the, uh, the smorgasbord of abilities right. that a true vampire does. Do they even have agency? The spawn? Yeah, they they have agency. They just can't act antagonistically towards their creator. So they're not zombies. They're not. No, no, no. no. Like the mind flayer, uh, guys were. Yeah, they're okay. Because that's kind of how, how Barrick made it sound at one point. No, uh, I mean, you, you are beholden to them, right. but they don't control you. Right. Um, and when Barrick is prone to exaggeration when it comes to things he, does, he doesn't like. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the big noticeable thing was, I mean, uh, Lucan was in possession of a red gem that Dex has been looking for for quite some time. Right. There was, I mean, the stuff in that conversation is, is actually really important yeah. that we glossed over. Um, um, <clears throat> it turns out that the pact that Barrick has, and also the one he received from uh, the Raven, the Raven, um, are in the same genre, are, are the same pact mm-hmm. as both Severine and Lucan, Lucan have. I'm assuming Severine got his like by killing somebody who had no. Severine was one of the Elven names. But, oh, really? Yeah. Well, it's an interesting choice to have made him subservient to Osteroth. I guess Osteroth's just a. D- uh, I mean, Osteroth uh, found out a way to make himself into a true full-fledged vampire and then gave his gift to his buddy, Selvaran, and Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so, so we, we can assume that there are nine more people with pacts out there, whether they know they have them or not, whether they are pursuing them or not, because they were 13 elves, right? Yeah. And you've encountered four. Four. Yeah. So and Barrick has three of them. Yes, pretty safe bet. Barrick has the lion's share of the pacts. Like the yeah. odds of somebody having three, especially since there's probably the. Well, I guess there would have been fighting among. Well, the thirteen. You did see one elf give over their pack to another elf in Booyah's vision, so you know that there's at least somebody out there with two packs. But oh, we assume it was somebody who already had one. That yeah, he was receiving it. Okay. Um. And there very well could have been, I mean, we know that there was infighting among the 13. Yes. There very well could have been a death and yeah. that person would have received. So I take it all back. There could be several people with multiple. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the important thing is um, it's only if they don't have basically an heir to the pack. So if it's somebody who has a child out there, the pack will, unless it's Barrett specifically killing them, then they won't receive the... That's the what I was If somebody with their own best somebody with one they get it highlander yeah. style yeah. but if i were to have killed Silverain, the then pact wouldn't have it something would have happened yeah um probably similar to what happened to barrick and the raven where the pact goes with Silverain into the afterlife okay so gotcha. um and Silverain is actually the last the last man standing we, yeah because you 
Lucan turned into mist form and took off. Right. And I think I had stepped out of the room again at that point uh, for a second. Oh, no, it was later when the, when he saw the mist go over the, the castle Tree wall top. and yep. stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Drakir chases the mist because he could He's get... hoping that the his lair is nearby. But... Right. And, and simply because he could get up there the most quickly and easily. Yeah. Um, and we end up taking out Selwyn and yeah, the, uh, the pact moves over to Beric. Mm-hmm. And also during, okay. Also during the fight, I find a cape. Yes. Uh, and it's the silliest thing. <laughs> and I looked uh, as I was re-listening to the episode, this is the one that just dropped. Uh, as I was re-listening to it, I pulled up other kinds of capes and cloaks that, that could have been. And there's some, I gotta tell you, there's some cooler ones, Eric. Well, you know, then, uh, <laughs> then, then the happy fun time, joy, joy cake. That, that was, that was, um, random rolling in the dungeon master's guide is what produced that. Thing. Okay. So. Cause I loved the idea yeah. that this vampire would be like, God, this just makes me feel good. <laughs> I'm hold on to this. Yep. Um, and there was the cape and the two books and the books will obviously come to mean something. Uh, is the white book, is it like all world knowledge? What is that? So um, D&D fans will probably know the name, like the Book of Exiled Deeds and the Book of Vile Darkness were the two books that were found. And they basically contain all good and all evil, like chronicling. Just compendia. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so it, they're, they're artifacts, so it takes some time to attune to them to get any abilities out of it. Mm-hmm. But you all are in possession of them. And then... So, and we really don't know what they do other than they, 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 like if there's any powers that go along with them. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is no history. There's no knowledge check you can make to understand the nature of these books. They are kind of existing outside of the realm of any form of knowledge. Right. It's just a matter of delving in and then you can, you might start picking up things. Um, Whereas the cape, you put it on and you're happy. Yep. I'll take it and I'll never take it off. (laughs) Uh, and it never gets dirty. You never have to clean it, which is also nice. Yeah, it is good. Um, and 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 uh uh, uh was Selwyn's stone drops right? Yes. Not, so Lucan takes his with him Lucan when he misses. Yep. Uh, so we have one. You have one stone. We yep. have one stone. I have it actually because I said I I go over and I pick it up because I'm in my ethereal my happiness. And that's kind of where the episode ended. Um, we're excited to get going on the next one. Um, we're actually going to be starting playing in about. 15 or 20 minutes, we're going to try to knock out three or four more episodes uh, to have for you guys starting next week. Um, so, yeah. So, thank you for listening to Eberron Reviewed, a sub-podcast of Eberron Renewed. Um, we are just so thankful that you guys like this and want to keep coming back and checking it out. Um, find us on all of the media's social. Uh, we've got Facebook. We've got Google+, Plus, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Um, and our website itself, and it's all at the Geek Pantheon or or www.thegeekpantheon.com. Um, our Facebook page has been really active. It's been a lot of fun. We appreciate you guys interacting with us there. Um, I like I like being on. I like staying up, uh, keeping up with you guys. We're excited to keep going, and um, we hope to catch up with you again next week. This has been Eberron Reviewed. I'm Jeff. I'm Eric. Thanks for listening. I said that are you doing the intro am i doing the intro uh, you- how do we f- do this <laughs> we're not new yeah i'll do it okay